Let's check out your headlines for today. To do that, we'll bring in Natalie Lovey from the 980 CFPL Newsroom. Good morning, Natalie. Good morning, Devin. Access to public washrooms will be on the agenda at London City Hall today. Yeah, a plan to reduce public washroom hours downtown has struck a nerve with a pair of city councillors. They say city staff are planning to reduce the hours of public washrooms on Dundas Place and at Victoria Park from 12 hours a day to just five. Councillors Skylar Frank and David Ferreira are asking their colleagues to support a plan to keep current hours. Frank says while the current hours cost about $300,000 a year, it's a worthwhile investment. There's also concern for how the move may impact those experiencing homelessness. The motion will be discussed alongside the 2023 budget, which will be finalized after weeks of talks. As it stands, the proposed budget calls for a tax hike of 3.1%. That would mean an extra $98 for the average home in London, assessed at $241,000. Whatever happens at London City Hall today, I can guarantee it won't be as awkward as what's going on in Toronto right now. Yeah, Toronto Mayor John Tory, who stunned the city with his admission of an affair with a former staffer, remains in office today despite announcing a plan to resign. His office says that's because Tory will be working to ensure the city's budget, the first he has proposed under the new strong mayor's powers, gets approved. Council meets to debate the budget on Wednesday, a process that could take weeks. Tory said Friday that he would be stepping down after revealing he had an inappropriate relationship with someone who used to work on his staff but has since left. The announcement initially raised questions about how the city would proceed with the budget, which includes controversial boosts to policing and cuts to transit service. Tory remaining at the city helm while council discusses the budget means he still holds powers that could give him a veto over changes council makes and the ability to push through the fiscal plan with only one third of council support. From London to Toronto and now Mississauga, where Hurricane Hazel will be laid to rest today. Yeah, Hazel McCallion, a political powerhouse and the longtime former mayor of Mississauga, is set to be remembered at a state funeral today. The service, which will take place at the arena in the city west of Toronto, is being held on what would have been McCallion's 102nd birthday. She died at her home on January 29th of pancreatic cancer, which she was diagnosed with around Christmas. Known as Hurricane Hazel, McCallion developed a legacy of no-nonsense advocacy during her more than three decades as mayor of one of of Canada's fastest-growing cities. McCallion ultimately decided to bow out of municipal politics at the age of 93, leaving the mayor's office 36 years after she was first elected. A deal has been struck on health care funding. Yeah, Canada's premiers say the offer from the federal government for billions in additional health care funding is nowhere near what they had asked for, but new money cannot be turned down. They will formally accept an offer tabled at the first minister's meeting last week, but say they will also insist the money continue to flow for more than 10 years. The deal amounts to an additional $46 billion from Ottawa over a decade, as long as the provinces meet some conditions on how the money is spent and report certain health data. Health Minister Jean-Yves Duclos and Intergovernmental Affairs Minister Dominic LeBlanc have already met with Ontario, Nova Scotia and Newfoundland and Labrador to start working toward one-on-one agreements. LeBlanc and Duclos will be in BC today, followed by the territories and then the prairies before the end of the week. There has been another shooting in the United States, this time on the campus of Michigan State University, which is not too far from the Detroit-Windsor border. Yeah, police say three people were killed and five were critically wounded when a gunman opened fire on East Lansing campus just before 8.30 last night. 
Students, faculty, and staff were ordered to shelter in place after reports of shots fired at an academic hall and then at a dining and study uh, hub. Hundreds of police were deployed to protect students and hunt down the shooter. Four hours later, police reported that the suspect died of a self-inflicted gunshot wound after being confronted off campus. The 43-year-old man was not a student or an employee at the school. And we'll end with this. It was only a matter of time before this became a thing, I guess, but there's growing concerns over UFOs. Yeah, Canadian and American officials have offered few details about four aerial objects shot down by U.S. fighter jets over North America over the past 10 days, helping to fuel conspiracy theories and uh, conjecture on the Internet. One popular claim circulating yesterday suggested that the U.S. deployed the airborne devices as a way to distract Americans. Online searches for the term UFO also spiked. Officials suspect the first object was a Chinese surveillance balloon, but they've shed little light on the origins or purpose of the three other objects shot down off northern Alaska, uh, west central Yukon, and over Lake Huron. Let's check out what happened on this day in history. In 270 AD, Valentine, a priest in Rome during the reign of Claudius II, was beheaded. A reason for his later relationship to the romantic holiday, Claudius is speaking to more easily recruit troops, nixed family ties by forbidding marriage. Valentine ignored the order and performed secret marriages, an act that led to his arrest and execution. In 1477, Marjorie Bruce sent a letter to John Paston, Norfolk, England, addressed to my beloved Valentine, thought to be the world's first Valentine. In 1663, Canada became a royal province of France. In 1803, twins Eli and John Phipps were born in Virginia. They both lived for more than 108 years. The odds against both twins living that long are more than 700 million to one. In 1876, inventors Alexander Graham Bell and Alicia Gray applied separately for American patents related to the telephone. The U.S. Supreme Court eventually ruled that Bell, who moved to Canada from his native Scotland, was the rightful inventor. In 1915, the 1st Canadian Division, commanded by General Alderson, landed in France to fight the First World War. In 1918, the first Tarzan of the Apes movies was released. In 1927, Conn Smythe took over the Toronto St. Patrick's team of the NHL and renamed them the Maple Leafs. In 1929, the St. Valentine's Day Massacre took place in Chicago at a garage as seven rivals of Al Capone's gang were gunned down. In 1956, a 148-day strike at General Motors Canada was settled. In 1974, Buffalo Sabres defenseman Tim Horton died in a single-vehicle Highway crash in St. Catharines. He was returning home from a game in Toronto. The future Hockey Hall of Famer was 44 years old. In 1984, six-year-old Stormy Jones became the world's first heart-liver transplant recipient at Children's Hospital of Pittsburgh. In 1996, Mr. Up from CBC's uh, children's show starring Ernie Coombs taped its last episode after 29 years. 
On this day in 2003, the first cloned mammal, Dolly the Sheep, died in Scotland. And on this day in 2022, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau took the unprecedented step of invoking the Emergencies Act to try and end the anti-government blockades related to protests over COVID-19 restrictions. It was the first time the act was used since it came into force in 1988. Happy birthday to listener Jenny, who turns 39. You share a birthday with Michael Bloomberg, who turns 81. Teller from Penn and Teller is 75. Former Buffalo Bills quarterback Jim Kelly is 63. And Simon Pegg is 53.